0: If you like what you hear, come and visit me at youtube.com slash tiptoethetank and see this content in all its glory. For a decade, he made his own way in the world. Lucy and his unborn daughter were dead and gone, his home and all caught within the void out were taken with them, and he bore blame in the public eye. So why would he stay? President Bridget Strand was barely a mother to him. He struggled to form bonds with others. His future was being formed for him within Bridges. Sam left after Lucy and his baby Lou were gone. He went into the wilds of America from place to place to serve as a porter. And for that decade, he became something of a legend for his deeds. But that doesn't mean that he was unkillable and defied all odds. No, Sam died many times, but he was repatriate. He just came back. His body was covered in handprints that appeared after each return. Dying was more of an inconvenience than finality. When Sam was in his early 30s, he by chance met someone out in the wilds while trying to leave a BT-infested area, Fragile. He nearly ran her down with his bike, actually, but Fragile can use the beaches to essentially teleport. So while he crashes and burns from their supposed near collision, she simply jumps away. Timefall is coming down, his bike is pretty ruined, so he collects his cargo and takes shelter in a nearby cave. The harsh darkening of his skin its like a rash, It's like an allergic reaction, a warning that a BT is near. Not that that really matters to him, he's out in the boondocks, and if a BT gobbles him down then he'll just come right back. But Fragile pops in, perhaps to try to help him, to keep him safe. Sam doesn't know that Fragile can just jump away, so now he can't be reckless. He's a lot of things, but uncaring is certainly not one of them. The two of them hold their breath and stay still as the beach thing moves about the cave. And it's extremely tense. Bts can't really see the living, much like how the living can't really see Bts, but they can sense each other. Thankfully, it moves on after a brief patrol. They are very dangerous, of course, but they can be avoided. Fragile and Sam have a difficult introduction. He doesn't like to be touched. He's standoffish and when she remarks on his dooms, he calls it an extinction factor, a detriment towards survival. And the dooms that she has kind of seems to have him beat, which is a little bit rude to say. But she shakes it off, makes some polite conversation to get to know this fellow doom-sufferer better, and meets his blunt questions with a smile and an easy answer. She tells him her name, and it turns out that the two have heard of each other. They're both well-known in their respective fields. She even offers him a tasty bug snack, but... You know, Sam is Sam, which is just more bugs for her then. She immediately offers him a job with the Fragile Express. She's lost a lot of employees due to a certain traitor, and the Express is trying to rebuild. But she shows him her hand too. She got soaked in time fall from neck to toe. She doesn't really think that she has much longer either. His off-putting attitude and non-answers are all that she needs to understand how they're going to get along. This is a man with some baggage and a painful past. She won't push his boundaries. But she knows that they're gonna run into each other again, for sure. And she jumps away after a short goodbye. Sam needs to trek the rest of the way to Central Knot City on foot. He still has a delivery to make, and he is behind schedule now, which is immediately brought to his attention as soon as he drops his cargo off in the city. It's none other than Mama herself that greets him asking what took him so long, but she's not harsh with him, just pokes a little bit. But before he can depart, a special commission's order bellows out over the speakers. It's a priority one. Outside, barreling down the road, is a corpse disposal truck, and a man named Igor jumps out to speak with Sam. They have a bit of a problem, and they need to get going immediately. Igor shows them the cargo. It's a man who took his own life. The issue is. They don't know how long this person has been dead. It's estimated to be about 40 hours. And do you remember what happens after about two days to dead bodies in this new world? Yep, they necrotize. The soul leaves the body, goes onto the beach, but it can't pass on to the other side because of the ongoing death stranding. So it comes back to the living world and it becomes a BT. Dead bodies are a big issue, suicides are a big deal. To take your own life in the middle of a city, especially to do it in a hidden place, is essentially wishing death upon everyone around you. But if they burn the body, then the BT can't tether to the corpse. The closest incinerator is to the north, but the area is also full of BTs, thus why they need Sam's extra help. Someone with dooms who can help point out where the BTs may be there's no time to go someplace else. Sam can feel that the body is already in the first stage of necrosis, so they need to get the hell out of here, away from the city. While Sam can sense BTs, he can't see them, so Igor has his own bridge baby to help the process along. Bridge babies can point out a BT, but they also make them visible to humans. And with their mission established, the fully formed disposal team heads out. As they travel, Igor reminisces about the old world, before the Death Stranding, and how it changed everything in such cruel ways. Sam never experienced that world. It probably sounds like fairy tales and old-timer talk to him, but he lets Igor do his talking. The first sign of trouble as they go is an inverted rainbow, and oh, this, this is smart. An inverted rainbow signifies timefall, and what causes timefall? build buildup in the atmosphere, and what would cause chirellium to build up in the atmosphere? Something from the beach, namely BTs. That inverted rainbow, though beautiful, it signifies that Timefall is about to start coming down, which means they're entering very dangerous territory. So during your travels in this world, should you look off in the distance and see an inverted rainbow in the sky, well, you know that that is an area to be avoided. They do not have that luxury, though. They need to go through this territory. They need to shield themselves from Timefall and be aware of any BTs near the road. As they go, Sam can feel that this corpse is about to pop, as he puts it, and they are still very close to the city. They have very little time left, and the incinerator is still a ways off. And unfortunately, they don't make it very far before the BTs lay hands on the vehicle and throw it off the road. There's no way in hell this truck is making it to that incinerator, and they didn't make it very far up the road now, did they? And what follows is a literal series of horrors, the worst case scenario. Sam finds the overturned truck, the corpse not far away, starting to necrotize. And Central Knot City is just up the road. Igor tries to help the pin driver of the vehicle, but Timefall is starting to come down, and his beach baby is alerting him of the imminent arrival of beached things. They're here. They failed. They're out of time. Timefall makes direct contact with the driver's face, immediately aging him far beyond his rightful years. And as soon as Sam tells them to shut up, all attempts to move stop. They cover their mouths and they hold still, because a BT is close. And if it takes one of them, that's the end of not only their lives, but everybody in Central Knot City as well. This is so much bigger than just them. There are countless lives at risk here. At first, it looks like the BT just moves on. It doesn't see them, but then… oh, what a wretched time for Necrosis. Kyrellium pumps out of the body and it's pulled down into what is called Tar. Large amounts of tar appearing generally accompanies aggressive BTs. But this isn't quite the worst case scenario. Believe it or not, things can get worse. But how? Well, the driver starts to panic and scream, drawing a BT upon him. And then, more BTs begin to appear in the outlines of the timefall. They're going to be upon them very soon. Igor sees the driver being pulled away into the tar where a BT will consume him and that will cause a void out. something that he cannot allow so Igor shoots the driver. But now here is where the worst really comes to pass. Higgs appears. Neither man knows who he is. Higgs knows well who Sam is, though. He knows through Amelie. And Higgs doesn't especially like Sam. Amelie favors him. Amelie has plans for Sam. And Higgs might just be a touch jealous, or maybe curious would be a better descriptor. Or he just wants to cause as much mayhem as possible. Who knows with Higgs? but he brings with him a whole flood of tar. Igor tries to fight back, shoot at what he cannot see, but when it's clear that there's no way out for him, he throws his BB to Sam and he tells him to just run. Igor knows that there's no escape for him. So, he decides to try to shoot himself to save Central Knot City, but he's just a fraction of a second too late. Something catches his foot and starts pulling him up. So the brave man starts stabbing himself, over and over, just trying to end his life, trying to stop a BT from taking him. He's already dead. This is just to save the city now. As Igor is pulled into the sky, Sam picks up his BB and looks up at what the strange masked man brought upon them. It's a colossal BT, larger than a skyscraper. It pulls Igor up towards its face, opens its maw, consumes the man, and then... void out. When Sam wakes up, He's on the beach, and that Bibi is nearby crying, so of course he picks her up and holds her. But then she's gone, and small handprints show her going back towards the waters off the beach. On this beach, there are countless dead things, stranded and trapped on the shores, and in the sky are five entities, human in form. They vanish, but very soon after, Amelie appears, walking towards the waters, singing a child's song, paying no mind to Sam. He follows as she goes deeper into the waters, but the depths pull him down. He's a repatriate. He cannot go after her. He must follow his strand and return to life. While holding this BB, Sam has flashes of a life that he doesn't remember, of a man that he doesn't know, looking panicked and calling him BB. But he only gets a few moments to witness it before life returns. He is standing at the edge of a crater of what used to be Central Knot City. This is all that's left of it. When Sam next wakes up, he's in a Bridges facility cuffed to a bed. A strange fellow named Dead Man greets him. He says he's a doctor, or rather a coroner. And it's not really him, but a chirogram of him, like a really fancy hologram slash video call. But he is here to get Sam up and moving with a simple introduction, some fancy hardware, and a big request. Bridges as a whole believes Sam to be humanity's best hope for... avoiding extinction, to put it bluntly. Sam's mother, President Bridget Strand, has been pushing that narrative all his life, so this isn't exactly the first time that he's heard someone call him that. It turns out that Sam has been here for over two days. After he repatriated post void out, he went down like a bag of bricks. Bridget's personnel found him and that bridge baby. Deadman says that the BB is broken, defunct, scheduled for disposal. He claims that the tragedy was because this BB didn't properly do its job. The destruction of central Knot City has been devastating, but thankfully the president had been relocated to capital Knot City and bridge's chain of command was still intact. Which is pretty convenient, isn't it? That the president's office had been relocated just before the void out and the bridge's higher-ups were all out of town. Higgs was present at that voidout, he was an instigator in fact, so how deep did Amelie and Bridget's knowledge of the event go? While it was effective, it was also a truly devious way to bring Sam into compliance, murder everyone in an entire city. It brings everything into question, especially who was the man that committed suicide? Anyways, Deadman notices that Sam does not like to be touched. When Fragile touched him, it left a physical mark on him. He recognizes this outright phobia of contact, and he promises that he'll do his best to be careful about it. Deadman asks Sam to make a delivery. Take the president some morphine. Sam is immediately pretty snide about it though. He calls his mother the mayor of Central Knot. America doesn't exist anymore. But kind of like Fragile, Deadman remains calm and kind to Sam's pissy attitude. He tells Sam that President Strand is in the final stages of terminal cancer, but there's still enough time for him to pay her one last visit. Sam's participation is not required for the President to get the morphine, and he realizes it. This is just another way to get him into a room with her. After all, who would keep a dying woman's medication away from her? Deadman seems to acknowledge it too. But he asks Sam to just go along with it. His mother wants to see him. Is he really going to tell her no while she's on her deathbed? Deadman himself is nearby and will receive the morphine from Sam in person. The isolation ward isn't far away, it's only a few minutes jogging to reach it. As he goes, Deadman pops in to explain some of the world setting and tools that Sam can use. He seems like an okay dude, and as soon as Sam is lowered into the isolation unit where the president is being treated, he greets him in person and guides Sam to his mother. Where They Go is a facade of her once office at the White House. It's meant to be a comfort to her as she dies, someplace familiar. None of it's real, though. Die Hard Man, once known as John Blake McLean, is still at her side, still working within bridges all these years later, still masked and enigmatic and pretty spicy with Sam. That you know each other, or rather, they knew each other. When Sam doesn't move to go see his mother, Die Hard Man reminds him of who she is, that she will recognize him, and he stands at Sam's side until he moves. Bridget Strand is at the end, but she knows her son. She tries to lift her hand to him, asks him if he's doing alright, and then acknowledges that he must hate her. So she says his sister's name, Amelie, and that gets his attention. She knew that it would. It's hard to say if Bridget knew of Amelie's true nature, of her true nature and purpose as an extinction entity. It's hard to say what she's really aware of right now, as pumpful full of medication as she is. Maybe she really wants Sam to help Amelie. Maybe this is just another manipulation to carry out her extinction purpose. Maybe it's both. There is a duality to the love and destruction to Amelie and Bridget. Bridget reminds Sam of where Amelie went, across the country to the west coast, a journey that took nearly three years to complete. She asks Sam to help his sister, to help her rebuild and reconnect the country, make it whole again. And in this, again, is that duality. Yes, bring humanity together, but in doing so, everyone's beach will be connected to Amelies, connected to an extinction entity. Does Bridget realize this? Does she realize what she is asking her son to do? Because no one else does. To all within Bridges, Sam will complete the chiral network, save humanity, and bring the world together, not doom it. Sam tries to argue against her, but Bridget grabs his arm and literally plunges out of her bed to corner him into listening. She says she loves him, and that she'll be waiting for him on the beach. Amelie has said those same words, and she speaks them together with Bridget. And then, President Bridget Strand's body dies. Her doctors and faculty run in to aid her, but this really is the end. As they try, one last time, to bring her back, several of her closest advisors enter the room via chirograms to witness the passing of the President. Sam sits and watches while the paddles are used, and then the time of death is called people fade away, returning to their tasks. The doctors wrap up their work. Deadman stands at Bridget's side, thinking his lone thoughts. And then the room fades away to reveal the fakery that Bridget Strand surrounded herself with in her final days. Sam sits with his memories of the past, a photo that he's carried with him for over a decade. He grew up with his future being dictated to him. Back here, with Bridges, will he be honored with the power of choice? Because already, Die Hard Man is telling Dead Man that the news of the president's death cannot leave this room, and that her corpse needs to be burned. Who better to do it than the legendary porter? Who better than Sam? Die Hard Man tells Sam that he entered into a contract with Bridget before she died. He tells Sam that he is a member of Bridges and that he is going to help rebuild America. No matter how Sam feels now, Bridget recruited him. Symbolism is apparently as good as a literal contract. Sam may be difficult, but he also struggles, and it seems that standing up for himself is something that is troublesome for him to do. Bridget's body needs to be burned before it necrotizes, and they just sort of dump it onto him. He is their only porter right now, the corpse disposal team is gone, the road to the incinerator has been ruined because of the void out, and there are BT hotbeds all over the mountains. Someone will need to get up there on foot. He will need to get up there on foot. Get it done, Sam Porter Bridges. How does one honor a dead president in this strange world? Die Hard Man says a few words to at least try and remind Sam that the president's death must be kept a secret. If news got out that she was gone, Bridges would fall apart. Even without her, they have a foundation for the chiral network. Amelie is still out there somewhere. There is still an America to be saved and rebuilt, but they need to work in secrecy for reconstruction to continue. Dead man and Die Hard Man load the corpse of his mother onto Sam's back, remind him of where the incinerator is located, and then off he goes. Save what cargo he carries, Sam is really back on his own now. At least physically, he is. Die Hard Man, in particular, kind of jabbers on and on and on at Sam via his cufflink. Like, he's a chronically lonely middle-aged man in a mask that just wants to tell Sam about every thought that goes through his head. Dead Man does it a bit too, but Die Hard Man is just hot and heavy on that call button as soon as Sam is gone. But when he's finally out of steam, the quiet ambiance of the Wildlands is all Sam has to listen to. He occasionally talks to himself, grunts and groans his way through everything, stumbles from time to time. Though what he's doing is extremely dangerous and depressing, there's a peace and sereneness to it. This is how the bulk of Sam's time is spent. Walking, tripping, jogging, running, falling, and talking to himself. It is a long trek but the incinerator is still intact and operational. It was a relatively uneventful trip too for being in BT territory. When he puts his mother's body on the slab, he doesn't really have anything to say. He's spent about a third of his life alone now, away from this woman who was once a part of his wife's death. Even if Bridget was trying to help Lucy overcome her fears and her dreams, she really did immense harm. Bridget played a pivotal role in her suicide and the void out that followed, but she was still his mother. The feelings he must have are almost certainly undefinably complex. He lets her go, doesn't shed any tears, keeps his thoughts to himself and he backs away once the incineration begins. When bodies are burned, the smoke, it carries Kyrelium from the body up into the atmosphere. Thus, why they keep incinerators far away from cities, it's not healthy to breathe. And Bridget's body dumps quite a lot of chirellium. Dead Man calls Sam to let him know that Heavy Time Vault is imminent and he needs to get out of there. But Die Hard Man tells him that he has another bit of cargo on his back that needs burned, Igor's BB. Deadman insists that if that BB had just done its job, then the entire void out could have been prevented. But there was a lot going on there, and no one in this party really understands the mammoth power of Higgs. It's really not fair to just blame this BB. Sam sees this BB as a living being, not just equipment, though Deadman insists on arguing the opposite. It can't survive outside the pod anyways according to him, so just burn it. The chiralium in the atmosphere, it doesn't dissipate though. In fact, It surges. The entire area experiences a technology blackout. BTs are drawing close, there's a swarm of them, and they are searching for anything living. As a Doom's user, he can feel that they're near, but he can't see them or point them out. But lucky for him, he has a BB. She can point them out, so he connects. They need each other right now. Once the link between them is made, he sees that strange man again, looking up at him as though he's a BB in a pod. The man is injured this time, and someone that the BB can't see is apologizing to him, calling him Captain, but that's all that Sam sees. He has other things to worry about right now anyways, namely, a swarm of BTs. It takes BB a few tries to boot up, but once she's going, she pinpoints exactly where they are, outside, blocking his way off the mountain. But with BB, Sam can see them now, not just sense them nearby. Now it's a matter of sneaking his way through, holding his breath, taking it slow, being as quiet as possible. Without BB, this very likely would have been a Voidout situation. A Voidout that could have taken out Capital Not City as well. The chances of him making it through would have been slim at best. But this is just as scary for BB as it is for Sam. If she gets overwhelmed, she'll cry like any other baby would do, and Sam will need to soothe her and calm her down. They do get caught at one point, dragged up the mountain, chased by some god-forsaken beached whale octopus predator squid thing through weirdly flowing streams of that tar. But they're not eaten. They avoid triggering a void out. They manage to make it off the mountain on foot. Then it's back down across the wilds to the safety of Capital Knot City. Mission accomplished. Deadman explains that when somebody with dooms connects with a BB, it can cause their feelings and memories to feed back at each other. It causes fear and stress, and this BB unit has already been pushed beyond its limits. It needs to be disposed of, but it's hard to look at a baby in a pod and see it as equipment. Maybe out of curiosity, Sam reconnects to the BB and gets another flash. What he knows now is a memory, but he believes that this memory belongs to the BB. The man in the memory looks down and tells BB to not worry that it'll be okay, he'll always be with them, and then the bloodied man starts to sing a sweet lullaby. This supposed piece of equipment blows Sam a little heart-shaped bubble and it reaches out for him. He doesn't know what these memories are, he assumes that they're this BB's early life. Someone loved this little gal, sang to her, comforted her, and now she is in Sam's care. How could he possibly incinerate this BB? Deadman meets him on the ramp down the distribution center and chastises him for keeping the BB, but Sam pays it no mind. Not much of a talker, and it's clear that he's really agitated right now. Then Deadman says that the president wants to see him, but he just burned her corpse, so what the hell does that mean? Between being treated like an errand boy, someone they can boss around on this business with the BB, Sam's had enough. They all owe this supposed piece of equipment their lives for getting him out of that BT swarm. And if Deadman wants it destroyed, then he can do it himself. And the coroner kind of backs down. He says that he'll look after it. Apparently the supposed president is waiting for him so Sam needs to get a move on. Eh, nap first. President can wait. It's been a hard day and he kind of looks like crap anyways. He dreams of a time when he was a kid, when he was on the beach with his sister Amelie, crying because he didn't want to go home. She gave him a gift, a dream catcher. She promised him that it would help keep nightmares away and that she would always be with him just like that man in the memory promised his BB that he would always be with them too. When he wakes up, die-hard man is calling to tell him to get into a shower and to get up to meet the president. Turns out, they're collecting his gamer bathwater, but not to be gross or weird. They're collecting it for study and to gauge his overall health. So good hygiene and a diet high in fiber is important for a multitude of reasons. At the supposed Oval Office, Die Hard Man is waiting, ever ready to talk on and on about American Reconstructionism, which Sam really doesn't want to hear about. But Die Hard Man introduces him to their new hope, the one who will carry on Bridget's legacy, Amelie. She still calls Bridget her mother, but doesn't pretend that she's actually physically present. Her body is on the beach, as she says. She's present here as a chirogram. But even Amelie being near Sam makes him uncomfortable. He leans back, is hesitant to make eye contact, and while he's not unkind, he's not warm or welcoming either. It's believed that under Amelie's leadership, the United Cities of America, the UCA, will be brought back together. And it will all be possible via the Chiral Network, but they need Sam's help to finish the task. They explained to him that Amelie went west on an expedition three years ago, bringing several settlements onto the Chiral Network as they went. Amelie was able to keep them safe from BTs, away from dangerous territory. They made it all the way to the west coast, but there, everything fell apart. The expedition was attacked by a dangerous separatist group called the Homo Demons, and Amelie was taken captive. She says that she's not being held in a cell, that she can use their facilities and talk to them whenever they want. She just can't leave Not City. Supposedly, her captors are doing this to maintain their independence from the UCA. And given how extremely volatile the group is, there's not a lot that this fractured government can do to stop them. Though the expedition found success, not all survivors joined the network, and some of the terminals that they planted haven't even been brought online. There were communities and separatists that would rather just go it alone, that distrust the UCA, that didn't want to wear the shackles of allegiance to some faraway, faceless government, a sentiment that Sam immediately sides with, given that they literally put a cuff on him immediately after the void out at Central Knot City. Omelie is really good with words. She says that that cuff, it's not a shackle, it's a bond. That's what America needs. Bonds. They need to come together. Die Hard Man tells Sam that they need him to get west. Bring in chiral terminals online. Bring more people onto the network. Recruit more communities to join the United Cities of America. Finish what Amelie started. They offer him a Cupid, which will activate the terminals. It's so dense with chiralium that it floats. And if somebody without dooms was to wear this, it would make them gravely ill and slowly destroy their brain. They beg Sam for his help, but... He's had quite enough of this already. He doesn't want to do their dirty work. He doesn't want to be a part of their envisioned future. He doesn't want to be their errand boy, and he straight up walks out of this entrapment meeting. Die Hardman follows. Hear Sam out. His complete contempt for this power grab, it's something that has happened over and over in human history. Laying wires, didn't fix wars or suffering. This won't make a difference either. But Die Hardman just asks him to take a night. Think it through, as though that will really make a difference. But bringing peace to the situation is actually Deadman and the BB. It seems that Deadman isn't as hard-headed and uncaring as others within Bridges. He took that supposedly defunct BB unit and made some adjustments to her, got her back to healthy and happy. He says that it seems like Sam and this BB were bonded together, and he's absolutely right. This BB adores Sam and pushes against the glass of her pod upon seeing him again. Don't you worry, this little gal is going to be just fine in Sam's care. Deadman gives her back to Sam. The two of them will be comrades in whatever path he chooses next. That night, Sam dreams that he's on the beach where Amelie is immediately waiting. And knowing what we do, it has a dark tone, doesn't it? She tells him that she's stranded on the shores of the Pacific. To Sam, these are the words of his imprisoned sister, who has ideals for the future. But what if we look at it from the perspective of her being an extinction entity instead? For a moment, her bright red dress goes dark. She cries and that inverted rainbow flares up around her gently. She runs back to Sam in her red garb once again, hugs him and begs him to come back, and tells him once again that she will be waiting for him. Then she walks away towards the waters of the ocean where a planet on the horizon is engulfed in flame. And then he wakes up, back in a Bridges facility. Die Hard Man gives him a good morning call, tells him about the amenities of his room, and then Mama calls to tell him more about his gear and what he can take out into the field. That BB is in his care now, chilling out in its special little TLC area. A guy called Heart Man calls him to tell him about his body waste and how it's being used to monitor his health after exposure to Chirelium. There's not a lot of peace or privacy around here, because then Die Hard Man just waltzes into his room, wanting to know if Sam has reconsidered helping them out. He doesn't really give a damn about their knots or reconnecting the world, but he does want to help his sister. So he'll do it for her. Die Hard Man hands him the Cupid, the key to connecting all the terminals throughout America. It's a very important piece of technology that he needs to keep safe. The more that he can connect, the more the chiral network will be capable of. As it is, it can only transmit small amounts of data, and it's not very consistent. Once all the terminals are connected to the network, they'll be able to initiate zero-time massive data transmission. Even with the ability to recreate things via chiral printers and transmit any data necessary, there will always be a need for porters. The network can't teleport things, it can't transmit a soul. Deadman asks if he would like better boots before he goes out, but Sam actually has a request. He's noticed that the BTs don't really seem to like his blood. They've already been collecting his fluids, maybe they can use his blood somehow against the BTs. Sam's cargo and directions are, as always, in the distribution area on the ground level. Time for him to get the hell out of here and back on the road. He plugs into BB again, getting another memory flash. It's that man, he has a gun and a pillow. He's apologizing to a sleeping woman and then goes to BB's pod, takes it, and tells BB that he is their father. Then the end. Now begins Sam's extensive delivery services to other waystations and communities around whatever region he is in. Folks who are in need will put out requests, he fulfills those requests, and hopefully garners enough favor with them to connect them to the chiral network. As he travels, he'll find all sorts of messages from other porters who have been in the area. He can add some of his own too, it's information, encouragement, warnings, whatever one might feel is necessary to help someone else out. If another porter has dropped cargo out in the field, he can collect it and finish their run for them. He needs to be aware of timefall raining down. It can actually damage containers and diminish the quality of cargo. This is how he will spend the bulk of his time. So between each destination, count on several hours or even days in-world time passing. His first major destination is Port Knot City, but he'll need to connect as many terminals as possible to create a line between outposts. They're knots that will tie everything together, and it won't always be easygoing. There are people called mules out in the wild former porters who developed something called delivery-dependent syndrome. Exposure to chyrelium made them get sick, it degraded their brain, threw their hormones out of balance, and now they're just obsessed with stealing cargo and attacking porters. If it's not the mules causing problems, then there's timefall, the non-stop risk of BTs, or just hazardous terrain. And sometimes BB gets overwhelmed, overworked, stops functioning, becomes fussy, and the little gal needs some maintenance from time to time so it's good for him to take opportunities to rest at Bridge's facilities, not just for himself, but for the BB to recharge. While at a distribution center for some rest, Deadman gives him a full rundown on the BB process. When a BB gets brought in to recharge, its pod is synced to a brain-dead stillmother back in Capital Not City. It makes them feel like they're back in the womb, it reduces their stress, and it makes them happy. He reminds Sam that the BBs are just equipment and all, but they can't help but smile back at the grinning baby. Sadly, BBs only really last about a year outside of their mother's room, and this one is approaching retirement. Deadman doesn't know how to keep a BB alive outside of its pod. He's hopeful that as they expand the chiral network, they'll be able to figure something out for them, though. Sometime during the night, Amelie drops in on Sam. She tells him that she's the same as before, not a prisoner, but she can't leave where she's at. She's depending on him to connect people to the network. Everyone possible all across the country. And once he's done that, then they can both just go back home. She goes on again about the importance of connecting people and while it won't get rid of BTs, it will at least give humanity hope, she says. She'll be waiting, waiting for him, and then poof, gone again. That morning, the fellow called Heartman gives him a ring, asking him to take a shower so that he can get a sample of the water. He gives Sam a sample afterwards and asks him to try using it on a BT to see what happens. Hartman is more interested in discovering secrets from the past than restoring America, and he thinks that they can make BT weapons with Sam's repatriate body fluids. But a countdown starts, and he sort of just suddenly vanishes before Sam questions him on his motives. And all these people, there's something just really weird about every single one of them. On his way up, he reconnects with BB and he gets another memory, that man telling someone that whatever was happening wasn't what they had agreed on. He's talking to a woman who says that the BB can't be released and it's for the best. And the man, BB's father, is tense with the woman, who wears a mask yet wants him to believe her to be truthful. And then the memory ends. Well, back to work. He gets video calls, information dumps, requests, new technology to use. Hartman has some buck wild theories about the chiral network and the beach being a time machine essentially transmitting data into the past. It's a fun brain exercise far better suited for folks with greater intellectual capacity than myself because some of the things that Hartman says are in one ear and out the other for me. He's not someone that I would ever want to smoke a joint with. Sam is still trying to get to Port Knot City, despite all the distractions and the side quests. Strides are being made in developing BT weapons with Sam's blood and fluids. More isolated areas are brought onto the chiral network. More deliveries are completed. Building structures are brought into the mix. Immense amounts of backtracking and sidetracking take place. Mule fights, destroyed structure exploration, tons of emails to thumb through, more memories that seem to be BBs of their father. As per a request from Mama herself, Sam uses one of his new special blood grenades on a BT, and for the first time in human history, a BT is taken out, forced back to the beach. This is a thrilling development, especially for Heartman. Now Sam can really fight back against anything from the beach. He doesn't always have to just flee now, he can kill it. And this is a real tangible hope. It doesn't just open up the path of reconstructionism, it could save humanity. Sam clears his deliveries and makes it all the way to Port Knot City, completing the network in this region. The manager here is thrilled that they're finally being brought online, so to speak. After he and Sam shoot the ship for a bit, the guy recognizes BB, or rather, the keychain on its pod. This is his brother Igor's BB. Sam tells him what happened about the BTs and the void out, how he came to possess this BB, and how his brother died. It's rough, but if Igor trusted Sam, then this man, Victor, he will too. He gives Sam some equipment to help him out as he goes. After Portnott City is brought in, Amelie appears to give her usual speech about human connection and the importance of Sam's work. Make us whole again, which I didn't realize Unitology persisted through the Death Stranding, interesting. Sam needs to make it farther west, which means crossing a really big lake. The only one with a boat these days is a private courier with the fragile express. All other transports got taken out a long time ago by terrorists, void outs, and timefall. Victor has already done Sam a solid though, and spoken with a fragile express representative who agreed to give him passage on the next transport out. Sam and Beebe get a good night of rest. The next day it's raining hard out. Victor said that this place never gets time fall, but he didn't say anything about tar floods or things from the beach randomly appearing. Arms grab Sam and pull him down a stretch of road, but he's not pulled down into the tar. The arms eventually let him go. Someone has been waiting for him to rise and shine. A strange man in homo demon garb greets him, telling him that his name is Higgs. He's not shy about showing off his power. He likes to play games with people. Higgs knows who Sam is, of course. Higgs is acting as the herald of an extinction entity. He's working with and for Amelie. But Higgs knows that Fragile is nearby too and takes the opportunity to call her out, put blame on her for getting Sam involved in all of this somehow. This is a chance to prod at Sam, too, with commentary about his dead mother, and then his sister usurping her spot in politics. The demons have custody of Amelie, or so it's believed. Higgs gets to taunt Sam, but he also makes a little slip-up. He says that he'll find Amelie, not that he has Amelie. No time to dwell on that, though. Higgs has so much that he can hold over Sam's head to entertain himself. He claims that Amelie's interests involve destruction on a worldwide scale. He calls her an extinction entity. And for those in the know, he's just playing his hand out here, isn't he? But Sam has no idea what he means. Even when Higgs says that he's no bridge to the other side, unlike him. Higgs pulls from the beach a massive beast, unlike anything that Sam has faced before. But this isn't so bad right? Because isn't this what Sam has been seeking all these years? A way out? A real game over. If Sam doesn't deal with this thing, it will cause a void out in the heart of a major city. He has to fight it. Mules and normal BTs were dangerous enough, but this is an entirely different level of fighting. It's like, trying to stand on a rickety oil tanker while killing a whale in the middle of the ocean with sticks of dynamite. Like, yeah, okay, sure, technically, probably may be possible, but not easy to do. He does have weapons, though, which is something that Higgs probably wasn't expecting. A way to kill a BT. Sam keeps the beast away from the city and whittles it down with his special blood grenades. It breaks into countless pieces of pure cryrellium, something that will need to be cleaned up and recycled, but the city itself is safe. The emergence of this new character in Sam's story is deeply confusing and concerning, though. They know almost nothing about this man, and he possesses extreme amounts of power. Since the situation is handled, it's back to work. No rest for the wicked. His transport is ready and waiting. Fragile herself greets him at the dock, with that same indomitable spirit in tow. She doesn't hide that, yeah, she knows Higgs. She used to work with him back before he became whatever it is that he is now. Yes, she has had dealings with a terrorist leader. She wishes she hadn't, but she doesn't fight with Sam over it. Just leaves the matter at that. After all, the ship is waiting. It's going to be a long trip, so Sam can get some rest in before they arrive at their destination the next day. Fragile tries to talk to him a bit on the deck at sunset. She's careful with her words and her approach. She sits down next to him and says that she needs to ask something of him. It's about Higgs. But Sam is already out cold. I guess when you've spent almost your entire adult life traveling, you learn to sleep when and where you can get it. He dreams of being on the beach again, of Amelie. This lady just cannot seem to leave him alone. Constant reminders, pressure. Is it reminiscing, manipulation, or both, the duality of this entity? She shows Sam the time that they'd spent together when he was a child, that time when he was on the beach, not wanting to go home, when she gave him a dream catcher to make him feel better. Though this child made Amelie feel less alone, more alive, She knew that he couldn't stay on the beach. She was the only one who could bring him here. And then, a little lie. So long as someone has a body to return to, they can't come and go from the beach as they please. That's why she can't return east, because she's trapped. Again she says that Sam needs to make them whole again, and that she will be waiting for him on the beach. When finally he wakes back up, the fragile express cargo ship is arriving at Lake Knot City. Fragile sees him off the boat, shows him to his cargo, where the dispatch terminal is, and then she's off to see to her own business. Sam hauls his cargo up through the port, hands it off to the distribution center, and connects Lake Knot City to the network. Amelie pops in to give him information about this new part of the country. Terrorist activities have destroyed the shipment lines that the Fragile Express maintained here connecting the three major cities. One had been destroyed by a nuke completely, South Knot was half destroyed, and there's a lot of mistrust in the government here. They need Sam to convince everyone he comes across to join the UCA for the network lines to work. Thankfully, Fragile has agreed to help him out in this. He gets a bit more rest before heading out, having another dream on the beach, remembering when he was a kid hanging out with Amelie when he brought her a special necklace as a gift, one that she always wore after and treasured. Fragile is in his goddamn room when he wakes up. There's like zero people in this world that respect privacy anymore. She needs a porter, she needs a delivery maid. She gives him a Fragile Express ID, it'll help him out with some of the locals. What happened with Higgs ruined her company's reputation, but there are still individuals and little communities that value her service and trust her. Sam knows that she's helping him because she wants his help in getting back at Higgs, but Fragile is far from vulnerable. She puts on full display her doom's ability to jump and to pass through the beach. Fragile is proof that what Amelie had said was a lie. Having a physical body doesn't mean that you can't pass through the beach at will. She says that while she can only take her own path in, she can follow Higgs through the beach. He won't get away from her, but yes, she does need help in bringing him down. If Sam wants to reach the west coast, then he will have to deal with Higgs sooner or later. They can help each other out. They need each other's help. She can help Sam travel through the beach back to any place connected to the chiral network. Fast travel, essentially. She'll help him through the region. Help him out west, and all she asks is for him to consider helping her with Higgs. He'll always be welcome to call if he needs her help, though. Her umbrella will help them stay connected. And then she jumps away. From here on, Sam and other porters who choose to participate can gather resources to build roads. It's a lot of work, but in the long run, it'll make trips safer, more convenient, and faster and once again resumes the days-long process of going from outpost to outpost, helping people out with deliveries and errands, recruiting them into the UCA, getting them to join the network. There's several stories to be told by the people that still call this place home. Ultimately, his goal is to connect as many terminals as possible leading down to South Knot City. Well into his travels, Mama gets a hold of him, and she warns him that there's some sort of a massive storm just north of South Knot City, his destination. The chiral levels there are really abnormal, but it's not like anything she's ever seen, literally, because it's right outside her lab, and she can't see anything. She doesn't think she's in danger, but she would appreciate him investigating the matter. He's got a lot to do before making it down there, but it will absolutely be a priority for him. Before heading south, he picks up some cargo, meant for south, Knot city. But during the pickup, there's a bit of a problem with one of the packages. A Bridges employee goes out into the hangar to deliver it to him by hand. He says that it, uh, it wasn't processed properly and was left out of the order. And the client is fragile herself. Whoops. Remember to handle with care. Contents are fragile and all that. Sam delivers some of his cargo to a distribution center to the south and he stops there to take a break for the night. Give BB time to recharge, get a shower, all that good stuff. But when he dreams that night, he doesn't go to the beach like usual. He has a nightmare of the man that gave him the weird package earlier that day. There was something about his eyes and the way that he spoke. His dreaming brain pieces together that it was Higgs. Sam's agitated state somehow catches Fragile's attention and she jumps into his room to ask what's going on. She wasn't expecting any packages, so he word dumps what happened at that distribution center. He knows that the guy was actually Higgs and that's all that she needs to hear. She gets the package, carefully taking it back into the room for them both to examine. Deep down, she must already know what this is, but they have to see it to be sure. And the cargo box is another nuke, and the countdown is at 24 minutes remaining. The only solution they have for this is a massive crater next to South Knot City itself. It's very close to people, but the crater is full of tar, and if they can get that nuke into it, it might contain the blast. And thus begins the countdown. When Sam is out of the distribution center, he has 20 minutes left, but he has a bike that can go at breakneck speeds. It's at least good that for all this horrific drama, Phoebe is having a great time. She's just a giggling full on that bike. This is a great day for her so far. The duo make it to the South Knot City Tar Lake in no time at all. They have 16 minutes remaining for that damn thing to sink as deep as possible before going off. Fragile has carried a lot of guilt over what happened at Middle Knot City. She was the one that carried the package into the city, after all. She was the only one that made it out. She hadn't sniffed out Higgs' true intentions, and an entire city was destroyed because of it. She tells Sam about what happened afterwards, at South Knot City. She had tracked Higgs down and found out that he was going to try to nuke South Knot as well. She had found the nuke, intercepted it, gotten it away from the city, but... Higgs found her, and he took her out into the rubble of the destroyed section of the city. She was stripped down to her undergarments and made to choose between saving herself by jumping away or save the city and destroy her body with timefall. And she chose to save the city. She didn't even hesitate. As Sam accurately states, she's a goddamn hero, but she doesn't see herself that way. There are parts of her that regret that choice that she made, and she cannot stop until Higgs is dealt with. She knows that she can't take Higgs in a fight but Sam can, so she outright asks him to do it this time. He's informed enough to know what she's been through and what Higgs is capable of. She just asks that Sam doesn't kill him because she has a few questions that she wants to ask first. And as she's done so many times before, Fragile offers Sam a snack, a crypto biote, and this time he accepts. Now that the nuke problem has been handled and the two have formed their partnership, there's work to get back to. Namely, checking on Mama's storm problem and getting cargo to South Knot City. Bringing South Knot onto the chiral network is a big gain for the United Cities of America. It took a lot of work, but the region has been brought online, so to speak. During her usual speech after the city is connected, Amelie's connection is interrupted. It could be the old system having service issues, but Mama chimes in and says that there's another massive chiral spike happening, another storm. But this time, it's right outside the distribution center. It could be causing outages in the area. Mama had said before that she couldn't see any actual storms when it was outside her lab. But Sam goes outside and there is one hell of a ruckus kicking up. Wind's powerful enough to knock over trucks. And Phoebe is extremely upset by what's going on out here. She loudly wails and cries. The BT sensor on Sam's gear locks onto something and Sam is faced with what looks like a tornado touching down. There are beached things caught in the winds, and in no time at all, Sam is picked up by the storm and pulled into the center of it, and then he just vanishes. You see, when the Death Stranding began after Sam was brought back to life as a baby by Amelie, someone didn't actually make it through their beach. They didn't reach the other side, and Sam was just pulled into their beach. His death was one of the last human deaths to occur before the Death Stranding took place, a full release from his body. There was no tether for him. So this man, the combat veteran, he is a beached thing, but he's unlike any other beached thing before. And his beach is a war zone. It's a part of his living self, realized in this place in between. He might not realize what he is, how long he's been in these war-torn maps. But he is intelligent, he's aware, and he possesses some memory. Enough that there's something that he once returned to him. Something that was stolen from him. Something very precious. And he'll stop at nothing to reclaim it. Clifford Unger wants his child back.